0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on MAMA. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today?
1: Good, good. I would say I've completely recovered. That's not true. I'll never recover. It was traumatic. It was traumatic. That's the only, it's the best way to explain it. When it's traumatic, you don't get over it. You learn to live with it. So that's what I'm doing. I've learned to live with it, and I am now, I don't know if fired up is the right word. Curious is another word. I am curious to see how we start preparing for the 2020 season, which really is going to begin with the bowl game, and this is why. I'm expecting several of our draft choice dudes to sit this out, uh, seniors and early entry juniors alike. So we largely will be playing the bowl game with next year's team, and I think that makes it interesting, although it makes it less likely that we're going to win the bowl game, even if we play Memphis. But I do expect a lot of kids to sit out. I'm curious as to how our fans are going to react to that, how Nick Saban is going to react to that. There's just, these are just interesting times. But uh, I hope, I hope a, uh, it allows for what amounts to not rebuilding, but a rebirth. That's my hope, because I'm a fan. So, what do fans do, we hope, sometimes even irrationally.
0: You know, you you brought up a good point. You said it's it's really never gonna go away and it hurts. And that and that's true. And it, it made me think immediately about 15, 16, 17 years ago, I was playing in a pickup basketball league, and a friend of mine uh tried to whip a pass into the interior of me, and he sort of underhanded it, and he just, I mean, he was. You know, five feet away from me, and he just zipped it in there, and my hand, my little pinky, got dislocated, and because he hit it like right on the top of the finger, and you know, immediately I had to go. Uh, you know, I, I I tried to pull it back into place, and I had to go to the emergency room, and they sort of did their thing. But it's it's the the pinkies never. I didn't really wear the brace like I was supposed to wear wear it, and yada yada yada. And so bottom line is this thing never hurts, but it it doesn't ever feel right. Like my finger still doesn't feel right. And Uh uh, that's the way I think this is going to be forever. Like this season (laughs) ending that way just doesn't feel right. And it's never going to feel right. And there's always going to be like, you'll move on. Like you'll go on. Life goes on. But there will always be some constant reminder. Like every now and again, you know, when my kids are in town, like one of them will say, Dad, what happened to that finger again? It looks screwed up. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know what, thanks. And I'm going to be like, yeah, now you're just reminding me of the 2019 Iron Bowl. Thanks, kid. <laughs> um, well, you know, to me, the way
1: the season ended, I, I look at it differently. I, I don't look at it I- – I'm like, of course that's how it ended. Of course Bolivis didn't miss the field goal. Of course he doinked it off the upright. Of course he did. Of course we didn't get a chance to win the game at the end because the coaches put 12 people on the field. Of course we did. That's that's how i remember 2019. It ended sort of making sense in terms of how do you describe 2019? And, and I know we won 10 football games. I'm not saying that wasn't a big deal. As a matter of fact, we sort of dominated 10 football games but we were so much better than the, than the competition. It was one of the weakest schedules we ever played. Not our fault, not our fault, but it was a weak schedule, and we should have dominated those teams, and we did, but we also made a lot of mistakes. That was not the first upright us had hit. It felt like the 30th upright that he did this season. It was not the first time we had played sloppy. We played sloppy a lot, so I, I just kind of look at it like, yeah, of course that's how it ended. I mean, it, I mean, exemplified by the doink because if it was the first doink all year, we'd be going like, what the hell is that? But we've been clanging the ball off the upright since since word one.
0: All we know is doinks. That's all we know. That's what we think you're supposed to do. I mean, it, we think that's more the palatable goal. palatable
1: with just ugly – what if we were just all ugly duck hooks? Maybe we would be – like more comfortable with it, we're like, good lord, our guy can't kick it between anywhere between the sidelines, much less the hash marks. he it's ugly duck hooks. No, they got to tease us by actually hitting the ball well, hitting the ball long enough, and missing the field goal by literally a foot. A foot is all it would have taken. One foot.
0: Well, Jimmy, you know what? Uh, the 2013, the kick six game was on not too long ago. And I, I've made it a point. I've never watched that all the way through again. I don't really rewatch losses very often, but um, I was able to see the part where TJ Yeldon gets stopped on the fourth down. And for whatever reason, I guess, cause I hadn't watched it over and over again, like I do a lot of our victories, but I could, I didn't remember exactly. We were really, really close. We were like on the 12 or something on the and so common sense says kick the field goal, get the two point convert, I mean get the two point two score lead, and you're and this thing's over. And it probably would have been. But I don't blame Saban for having zero confidence in in Cade Foster at the time um, to go out there and kick. And then you know, then Cade Foster is so messed up, you send the other guy out there, and Saban's like, well, let's try this guy. And you try him, and it's a kick six, and it's a moment that lives in infamy. I don't blame Sabin. For being like the guy who's who, who's saying I don't know that I want to date anymore. Every time I go out with somebody, you know, it seems fun and awesome for a little while, and then I, they steal all my stuff, and I end up chained to this bed naked. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is how Kickers I remember have that done him wrong.
1: This is how I remember, and this might surprise people that have no recollection of this, but I swear this is what I remember. We went into that year, and Kate Foster was a senior, and Adam Griffith was a freshman. And Griffith was much more highly recruited and much more valued. And Cade was the senior. He had been the starting kicker as a junior. He kicked quite a bit. He kicked off a lot. It was just sort of his turn. I don't know this from the coaches, and or maybe I do. I can't remember if this is a scoop or if this is just my own thinking. I can't remember. But I think what happened is the coaches are like, well, Griffith's better than Cade. He's just a better kicker. but. Cade is a senior. So why don't we do this? Why don't we send Cade out there and when he misses a kick in a game or misses two, we'll say, hey, look, we got to make a change. You know, it is easier to make a change when there's a result on the field that's bad. Well, what happens, a lot of people don't remember, Cade went into that Auburn game something like 11 of 13. He didn't miss much at all during the season until Auburn. I think the coaches would have happily bench Cade and gone with Adam in game one or two, but Cade kept making the kicks. They were hideous. They were ugly. Clearly the kid was not a talented place field goal kicker, but he didn't miss. If you went back and looked, I think the stat is true. I think Cade missed more kicks in the Auburn game than he had missed the entire season. I think that's true. So, and, and, and how typical was that of Alabama? We're trying, you know, Nick trying to be fair. Nick trying to be a players coach, trying to be fair, trying to be, okay, senior, you can have the job until you miss a kick. Then he doesn't miss until it's too late. And then he misses, and, and then we look like dumbasses. <laughs> you know, because Adam, in retrospect, Adam was, was was just the better kicker. You know what I mean?
0: You know, I don't know why I'm even bringing this up, because it it, bring, it puts a pit in my stomach. It's like you have – um, you have home movies of when your children are born or when they first learn to walk. And then you're like, Oh, I hadn't seen this one in a while. Here's the home movie from my divorce proceedings. Let's pop that <laughs> in and see how it goes. And, and I mean, I, I'm like, I get halfway through it. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? Why, Why I am watch- I watching this? Um, I can but, watch uh, losses,
1: and I will watch. I will actually watch this Auburn game uh, as we'll talk about, you know, on locked on Bama at some point, uh, as soon as the the full season is over and the playoffs have ended, I will start one by one, going back and watching the season again. I like watching it in chronological order. I have all the games taped on my DVR. I will go back and watch each game in order. And with the season being over and then, and then keeping an eye on the players we'll have back in 2020, it's easier for me to watch and learn exactly what happened because the emotion of the season's over. I know how everything turns out and, and I don't necessarily sit there and root or pull or cheer. I'm just analytically watching or as as well as I can anyway. And uh, I look forward to doing that. So I'll be able to watch Auburn, but it will be obviously the 12th of the 13 games I watch. It would probably happen based on how I do this roughly next July. But unlike other seasons or unlike, I'm not going to watch it until then. And sometimes I go through and watch two or three times, but I'm not going to do that particularly with that game. But, I will watch it in full next July and by then I'll be able to digest it to some extent. Although people like you will call me crazy. Why are you watching that?
0: No, no, no. I I, listen, I get it. I, I get how some people do. I wish I could do it because it would be a lot better for me as a guy who does a podcast to be able to say, Oh yeah, this, you know, in the third quarter, this happened and I'd forgotten about that. No, no, I can't do it. I mean, it just, it rips my insides apart. Um, Especially what's knowing- frustrating? It. What's frustrating is, and this is the
1: frustrating part, when you lose a game by one play, and we did, we lost a game by one play, and 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 there are plays that immediately come to mind, like Bolivis, Doink, and and the, and and definitely the biggest play in the game was the hundred yard, pick six because that was a fourteen points. Auburn won by three, and that game was a fourteen point swing. That play never happens. Alabama wins the game. Add, take seven from them and add seven to us. So what, we win by eight (laughs) you know, if that play doesn't happen. So that was the biggest play in the game. But when you lose a game by one play and you go back and you watch the game, you find shit in the first quarter that you're like, change the outcome of that play and the the whole game is different. And that's what's frustrating about the the games you lose by one play. I'm going to find the same thing in the LSU game. I'm sure just one play – early in the game, one no one talks about because it's lost in an avalanche of other plays that people talk about. But, uh, you know, there's so much focus at the end and so much focus on the bull of this kick. And heck, we've been sitting here talking about the poor kid ourselves for, for 10 minutes. But the fact of the matter is there was, what, 100 and 140 plays in this game? It was a one-play game. It was a one-play game because Auburn only won by three points. So we had 140 chances, you know, to have a different outcome. Uh, it's crazy to blame it on one snap out of 140.
0: Just like it's crazy to blame it on one uh, blown call, which I, I don't I, – I hate it when Auburn fans do this, so I'm not going to yeah. do it. But I have not gotten a good felt- explanation – on that, on that kickoff, on the kick at the end of the first half, that whatever trumped up BS the SEC wants to trot out there just isn't going to fly. They just need to say, "Okay, we kind of screwed this up." And then I would also like to hear them say at the end uh, with the 12 men on the field thing, because you and I were privy to a text chain that showed some video and and showed how Alabama really didn't have enough time to substitute. And look, it's, it's okay. It's look, things happen and it's not going to change. So what does it matter? But it would make me feel a little better, I guess. And the SEC doesn't really give a damn about me, but if they would just say, okay, we, we screwed this up and I'm fine. See, I thought when they came out with this new Twitter thing, the SEC officiating, I thought that that was what this was going to be, that they were going to come out and say, you know what? We have looked through, Um, the game and we're not going to look through every play. You know, we're not going to, you can, you can show us a still frame of somebody being held on every play of every game, but on some bigger issues, we're going to, we're going to come out and say, okay, we're, we missed that. And we apologize, but we're human and we make mistakes. I could live with that. I can't live with, well, if you want to go technically by the blah, 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 there's no way that a review should allow a team with one second left, which shouldn't have had a second left to begin with get out there, set up, and then everybody else go, you know, the other teams already in the locker room, and then go, okay, now you tell me when you're good and ready so you can snap it, and then we'll start That's the clock the just a little bit after the that. Thing. It, there should it, have been an official so,
1: standing over the ball. And it, especially there when another an official, official – over the ball.
0: Another official should – I would already told Saban, hey, look, they don't have enough time to snap it. And so Saban was like, okay, let's go. And, you know, it just is it, is mind-boggling, but again – I can live with mistakes. I know it was a huge play in the game. I know it sucks for all of us involved Alabama wise. And I know also that there's nobody in the country that's gonna give us any sympathy for this. I understand that as well. But I think that if we're going to start saying, when other people say, let's hold officials accountable, We get to say that too, and I don't want these guys fired. I don't want them to never work again. I just want them to say, hey, we kind of – we misplayed the rule on this one, guys, and so let's try not to do it again. That's fine with me. I can believe that. that.
1: And anybody that thinks the officials are – if you really honestly believe the officials are biased in favor of teams over others, then stop watching football. How can you watch football and enjoy it when that's your belief system? That it's rigged, that officials favor one team over another. If you truly believe that, then why the hell are you watching? It's professional wrestling. If that's what you really believe, that officials are slanted in the league. Off. I mean, I'm not saying that it's impossible to be true. I'm just saying it's a miserable
0: way to live your life. It's miserable. But, but even if Jimmy, even and, if it is wrestling, you are wrong. Yeah. Even if it is yeah. wrestling you know what, there was a big wrestling match in Birmingham here the other night, and I don't, I don't like wrestling, but it was on, and I watched it for like half a minute. And I was thinking, yeah, people say football is like wrestling sometimes. It's fixed. And I go, but if you don't know which way it's fixed, it's still worth watching. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you don't know, if I mean, it's sort of, I, had a, I have well, a bookie, or I had a bookie, well, I should say, wink, wink.
1: Anybody, any, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that people shouldn't be entertained by watching wrestling. I would assume that the vast majority of fans like yourself, and I know you're not a fan, but the vast majority of people who watch professional wrestling are entertained, but they're 100% aware that it's, quote, fixed. It's not an actual contest where where the winner is determined by what goes <laughs> on between the ropes. I, I think people watch it for entertainment, and that's, that's great. I'm just saying I can't imagine being the type of person – that watches Auburn play Alabama and you 100% believe that the officials favor Alabama and you're an Auburn fan, why on earth would you watch that game or subject yourself to that if that's what you believe? So I'm just saying when I complain about the officiating, I never think for one second that they're actually biased. I, I really don't believe that one bit. Also don't believe broadcasters are biased. I think they have natural biases. I think they have favorite teams. These guys are sports fans. They grew up with their favorite teams. Some of them were pro sports players or college players, and, and they're still – Herb Street loves Ohio State. Pollock loves Georgia. Reese Davis loves Alabama. That's, that's all 100% true, but they're but Jimmy. Here's the other on the thing.
0: air. Here's another thing. If, if, if talking about Memphis against Cincinnati sold advertising, that's what they do. Everybody loves to say, well, they don't get enough play. You know why? Because nobody's watching them. And I don't mean that mean. I don't mean that, that that they're irrelevant. There is a place for Memphis and Cincinnati. And Memphis may beat our ass in the bowl game, and I'll still stand by it. Just because Central Florida beat Auburn a couple of years ago in the Peach Bowl, do I think Central Florida is as good of a program or as as, as a viable, uh, marketable product as Auburn is? I mean, get out of here. Boise State beat Oklahoma a few years ago in the Fiesta Bowl. and people. Talk about Boise State like, you know, the hot cousin that you never see. You know, I don't know if I should say it that way. But, um, you know, they <laughs> I can they see. talk about
1: it like. Send me, send you know, me an like, Instagram photo.
0: <laughs> but, um, you know, and the other thing is, I, I'm with you. I don't think that, they're, that the officials, I, I think it's okay to say they just didn't. It was kind of an odd situation. And here's the other thing. Officials are under so much scrutiny now. There are a million different camera angles. And the problem is the more camera angles we have, the more interpretations there are. Football was a lot easier without replay. I wish we didn't have replay. I'll say that to my grave. Let's, Let's make it simple. Let's just get rid of the damn thing. Because, frankly, if you can't fix it when the Thaddeus Moss thing or you can't or if you make up some BS uh, for this particular rule at the end of the first half, it tells me replay is not helping. It's just adding a bunch of time to the game and affecting the outcome in other ways. So It's frustrating
1: uh, when they didn't review the McKinney uh, strip, what what I thought was a catch and strip. I thought it was a catch and strip live. When uh, they threw it to Seth Williams and and McKinney defended it and the ball ended up on the ground and there was no review – I thought live. Now, I'm biased. I'm biased. I want Alabama to win. I want every play to go Alabama's way. But I thought it was he caught it, made a football move, and McKinney scraps, you know, took the ball away. He
0: ripped, ripped
1: it. No review. Yeah. No review. And, and I that's what, what I'm and saying. saying they, got, they got it wrong, but I'm like, I don't know what happened there, and I don't see how y'all did, and y'all don't need to look at it 10 times because I need to look at that a few times before I figure out what happened. Because that's,
0: but that's my that's my point. If you can't, you're you're not reviewing things you should review and reviewing things you shouldn't, and so it's already a screwed right. up system because people are running it. So just let them make the mistakes naturally. And then they get it wrong.
1: Let, then sometimes they get it wrong even on review, and you're like, how is this humanly possible? How do they get that wrong in the replay? And I see that happen not in Alabama games necessarily, but I think we've all watched games NFL and college where the the replay booth has just gotten it wrong
0: yeah they've you know. gotten it well, or they've gotten it wrong or they go or they they come up with some you know well, the call stands cuz we really can't tell but you, and then you're like okay well we just wasted 5 minutes on this and so some team has lost momentum another team may have gained right. momentum you have affected the outcome of this, this is, and you, we we are no better than we were before we started looking at it it's it's this is really, what
1: I think to happen about that end to half play we won't hear from Alabama or the SEC office we won't We won't for weeks or months. And then next, uh, I think it's June, when uh, the league has its meetings in Destin, uh, Steve Shaw has some sort of presentation to the coaches and then the media about rules changes. And without saying shit about shit, one of the rules changes will be when there is a review inside of one minute left in the half or the game, if there's a review in the final minute, and there is a live ball situation, there will be a 10 second runoff because that's the rule for injuries right now. If there's a live ball and somebody's right. hurt in the final minute, nope, there's a 10 second runoff.
0: So, well, And there should only be a runoff now, if, if somebody didn't go out of bounds. I mean, it, if you're in bounds. That's what I mean. If it's a live ball, yeah. if there's a live ball, if there's a <laughs> live ball and the only reason
1: in the world the clock stopped was to do a review, then there will be a 10 second runoff
0: All uh, right.
1: because it's unfair to the other team. And I bet, I bet that it will be a rule change though there will be no mention that the Alabama thing had anything to do with it, when in fact it had 100%. Because I think all the officials and all the coaches are watching that going, whoa, 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 this can't be right. So they'll put in a a new rule that will address it, and it will never happen again. It will only happen to Alabama, which did nothing less but cost us the Auburn game. Now, one point I'd like to make. I was sad about losing the Auburn game because I really wanted to make the playoff because that's why we play college football to try and make the playoff. But with the results over the past weekend with Oklahoma winning soundly with Utah winning soundly, uh, even had Alabama won, I would personally, I know others may differ and that's fine. Everybody can have their own opinion, but others may differ, but I I don't believe Alabama would have made the playoff. I, I think the committee would ultimately have taken The Big 12 champ that's only going to have one loss, whether it's Oklahoma or Baylor, or Utah if they beat Oregon, and they probably will the way they're playing. uh, I think Utah or the Big 12 champ would have leapfrogged Alabama and, and played in the playoff, and Alabama would have, you know, maybe gone to the Sugar Bowl, but you know that that's that's really no different than the Citrus Bowl the way things are set up now. Those are all. Glorified exhibition games. Frankly, I hate putting it that way, but that's sort of what they are. So I'm just saying, one of the things that lessened the blow for me was, well, Oklahoma won. Utah was dominant. We're we weren't making the playoff
0: anyway. And that's not what even I, to mention, yeah, not even to mention if Georgia beats LSU and both of them get oh, in, which would be certainly be what yeah, happens. Yeah. And it's probably that's probably justifiable. Um, so this weekend, yeah. instead of watching. Uh, the SEC Championship. Maybe you want to tune in to uh, Audible. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30 day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash locked on NBA. Listening on the go. Excuse me. If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. So, Jimmy, we said about 20 minutes ago we weren't going to have another uh, butthurt session about the refereeing, but we uh-huh. did. And then we did. And so and we did. But that's OK. It like uh,
1: yeah. sounded like a couple of damn burners is what we did. Yeah,
0: we kind of did. But except uh, this is the caveat to me. I do believe the, – the, the Auburn people I was around, and I was around a plenty of them, they do 100% believe the SEC protects Alabama. There's there's no doubt in their minds. Now, they cannot see the forest for the trees and say, oh, maybe we got a lot of beneficial calls this particular time. They can't see that. They think, well, that's kind of the rule and it just sucks for y'all. No, that, that's not really it. That's not right. And you know it's not right. And it's fine to say, hey, we caught a break. Just say – We caught a break. That's all you got to say. But they can't do it. Could you imagine the Auburn fan fan
1: reaction to what happened at the end of the first half if it went the other way would be way worse and way different?
0: I'd be dead. They would have thrown me off the top of Jordan hair. Because just for being there with an Alabama shirt on, they would have thrown me. Um, (laughs) So, having said all that, look, it is what it is. And I'm not mad at Auburn. I'm not mad at the the officials. I'm not mad at the SEC office. I just think, okay – we got, we kind of got screwed and just nobody tell me that this, it was right. That's all I, that's all I, that's all I just nobody tell me how right it was because it wasn't right.
1: And one more thing I know the listeners to Locked on Bama are the highest elite class of people that there are because if you're listening to us, you're just smart as hell because you're so smart to tune into us. So I know it's not you guys, but just in case you know someone that's done this, let me say if you, or someone you know, tweeted garbage or talk shit to Joseph Bolivis after the game, go screw yourself. I mean, you're not not the worst kind of fan. You're the worst kind of human. I mean, that's just despicable and deplorable. I can, now, the Elijah, okay, the Elijah Moore situation. Now, I don't condone it. I, I don't – I'm not on board with Ole Miss fans that ripped him a new one when the Ole Miss game was over. I'm not on board with that. I just think you just shut up or you might say something like, our coaching is a disgrace to let stuff like that happen. That's, that's fine. I don't like tweeting at the kid even for that. However, what Elijah Moore did is a thousand times worse than what both of did it's apples and oranges. The kid purposefully did something unsportsmanlike, which caused his team to lose the game. Bolivis was just trying to make a kick, and it didn't go in. Like taking a basketball shot, and it doesn't go in the rim. That's it. And anyone that gets mad and tweets at the kid or threatens him, you're a disgusting piece of crap is what you are. Not Bolivis. He's a great kid.
0: So. No, I'm with you. Um... I'm totally with you, And And, you know, here's the other thing. I, I want to throw this out there. I've seen a lot of talk on social media about Auburn and and how they, they stormed the field and, you know, Alabama would never do that and how there's a professor that said, okay, for all exams you get one extra second because we all know what a second means to an Auburn man uh, for your <laughs> exams and blah, blah, blah. And, look, that's all goofy as shit. and We know it. and And I think they know it deep down. But you know what? I say this just like I said about Ed Orgeron saying all those pretty hardcore X-rated things in the locker room that was caught uh, by one of his players and then posted on social media. If you don't like the way somebody else celebrates, don't give them a reason to celebrate. That's exactly And right. so exactly. to the victor go the spoils. If Auburn wants to run on their field for beating, a, a, I mean, arguably the worst Alabama team in the last – decade or, 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 yeah. you know, 12, 13 Fair. years. So be it, go, go for it. I mean, that's fine. And it, and if you want to say, this is just us having fun and if you want to watch your mom get caught in the the hedges, like so many people's moms did, there were a lot of moms in those hedges, man.
1: They're still there. I think. <laughs>
0: the, yeah. So, and I, I'm say fine. If you want to, you know, tear down your goalpost, I say fine. I, that's, that's great. The, it's our job not to allow you to do that. And so I, I'm sort of tired of the, you know, that's so Auburn and they've never been there. And uh, you just know that. It's, it's very uppity of Alabama folks, I think, to say, oh. hey, y'all can't do y'all, – y'all have fun the way we say to have fun. That's not fair. No, they that, need to have fun the, the worst, way they want to have fun.
1: The worst uppity thing about it is some of the Alabama fans that were outraged that Ed Orgeron, would say F Alabama in the locker room to his team are the exact same people who forty five minutes earlier happily sang to the top of their voice yeah. F Auburn <laughs> and LSU and Tennessee too and, and and you're and you're mad at Orgeron? That's just Yeah, no, that's in his uh, locker room. It wasn't like he did it on
0: the yeah. loudspeaker. You know, no, like we all um, did We did it in front of God, CBS, <laughs> and everybody. Yeah. And and you know that it's just. And I'm not complaining of, about Dixie
1: Delight. I'm fine with it. I'm I know. Saying, I'm with you. If we're, if we're gonna if we're gonna say f them, then they can say f
0: us. That's fine. Exactly. That's, that's fine. Yep. It's look. It's it's the. It's so funny the way people make fun of other teams, and then other teams usually emulate them one way or another. Like, um, there's a girl. What's her name? Uh she's on Twitter Karen something anyway. I can't remember off the top of my head I could look it up, but I'm not gonna um I think she's a she's just sort of a she's a funny twitter follower follow and uh she does a lot of college football stuff and she said um you know Alabama fans, we never rush the field and then counterpoint and it showed the infamous running of the gumps during the a day and <laughs> you know what that's just funny I mean that's funny that's stuff I mean. And it's kind of yeah, true. It's, it's, it's not kind of true.
1: It's 100% true. And college so, football, like, like politics and everything else, it's full of hypocrisy. And if I'm going to – I love college football. But if I wanted to all of a sudden stop loving college football, if all of a sudden I woke up one morning and I'm like, you know, I just hate this stuff now. The number one reason I would hate it is because really what college football is is 130 programs bending the rules – Or outright cheating that are hopping mad their competitors cheat
0: that's what it is
1: so that in and of itself you know might one day chase me away but today it's not today I love it and and it's just the fact of the matter is whether it's the movie industry whether it's the music industry which is worse uh, whether it's basketball whether it's other sports whether it's professional tennis it's it, it, not all of it's pretty. I mean, people use the sausage factory as, as the analogy and, and, and it's because it's right. It's good that there are parts to this sport, which it's easier to enjoy when you don't know all, all of what goes on to make it happen. But college football is not alone in that. I mean, pretty much any giant billion dollar entertainment industry, they're all like that. Movies, music, TV politics is probably the worst of all of it. Um man so. hey, how about
0: just nuclear families uh, uh, that are your neighbors? I mean, how about so. the family across the street when you go over there for dinner and everything's, you know, the pot roast is just right and the and the and the collard greens are are cooked just the way you want them and the mashed potatoes and unbelievable gravy and all that and and you know, and the husband makes this real good uh Drink a uh, Tom Collins and you're like, damn, that's cool. When, when y'all leave, you know what he turns around and says, he says, you couldn't have screwed this up anymore. And she's like, well, what do you yeah. know? You're a loser. You're about to lose your job. And our kids suck. And, and everybody's just fighting. What I'm saying is when you only look at the outside, it's better. When you actually, if you could live with people for a week, you'd be like, how the hell, what is going on with this crowd? <laughs>
1: and that yeah that thought weird. that
0: was a better analogy than it was it, it is a good no, i hate I, your dramatic pauses
1: I, I was listening and hoping that my neighbors uh that live across the street don't invite us to dinner I, I, we <laughs> haven't been invited to dinner and now i'm glad we haven't and yeah and and oh you know i don't know why why we would necessarily you know you do get on this subject but you know i i'm even killed which is both good and bad i mean i'm even killed in the sense that You know, I don't get too upset. I don't get too happy. I'm kind of one of those fans. It's like, hey, when you think things are going good, they're not always that good. But when you think things are going bad, hey, they're not always that bad. That's just kind of how I roll. Right. So what I don't you know, the the opinions that I read that, that get me rankled are the extreme opinions because I'm so even keeled. And I don't care if it's extreme optimism or extreme pessimism. That's what rankles me, because neither things are ever really true. And right. our fans that believe that all 85 of our players are polite, mannered choir boys that all deserve some sort of sainthood, those, those people drive me nuts. As well as the cynics, especially sports writers, sports writers who hate sports, that might be my least favorite people, and those people do exist. Um, but the cynics are, are are as bad or worse, the ones that are constantly complaining about their team, about the sport. Look, no one makes you watch this. No one makes you watch this. So if you hate it, just turn it off and stop talking about it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because I like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what well, the hell that's are we talking about? I thought
1: we were talking about recruiting. <laughs>
0: All right, I promise everybody, we're going to talk about recruiting again. In fact, I'm hoping to have John Garcia on. Thanks for
1: listening to our recruiting special.
0: <laughs> uh, so you know, the AHSA finals are this week, and I'm going to be Please. calling the 2A and 3A games, and I'm going to be there for all day Thursday and all day Friday. So we'll get to see Write down Christian this name Ford. right
1: now. Write down this name right now. You're, you're doing the 3A game? Yep. Mobile Christians, Dante Lawson. He's a junior Lawson. linebacker. A junior linebacker. What I will tell you, and of course, a lot of things can change. He's a year younger. He's a junior. Uh, I'll just tell you this my opinion today, uh, bet, better prospect than Des Moines Kennedy. And I'm super high on Des Moines Kennedy. I'm not dissing Des Moines. I'm just saying, Deontay Lawson, better than Des Moines. Uh, but I did not get a chance to see Deontay in person this year. I've only seen some some highlights from his junior season. Uh, I, I did see him in person as a freshman and a sophomore, just like I've seen Des Moines in person. Uh, Deontay Lawson is a great player. To me, he is a slam dunk national top 100 prospect. Plays for Ronnie Cottrell. He is a – what I like about him is versatility. Uh, plays mostly pass rusher. Immobile Christian is dominant. But uh, might end up being an inside linebacker. At the next level, or he sticks outside. I think he could do either one. And and you know, I know it's three A football, but when you really know they're a difference maker is when they're a badass front seven defender and they're dominant. They're really good, but now it's playoff time and we're playing good teams. So what do they do? They stick him on offense and just hand him the ball. Well, that, <laughs> you, know,
0: you, know. Dream, you know, Chris Abrams drained. You know, Chris Abrams drained for a Spanish four. Yep. That's he. They basically moved him to quarterback and said, just you just run it as much as you want and um, he's been fantastic.
1: The, he's been, I've been the, as you know, Luke, you know, I've been Luke knows because he's local to me. I've been talking about Chris train for two years. Um, I like him a lot. I think he's, I guess it sounds insulting to Ole miss, but who cares? He's better than Ole miss. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, he was at one point committed to LSU and I don't know what happened there. I'm assuming they decided to move on. Alabama has never offered him or never showed real interest, but this is a fact I was, I can say it now because we're not signing the kid. I was hopping mad when we took Worsham and we weren't offering Drain. Because mm. I'm like, Drain is just a better player. And, and they're the same kid, they're the same position, same size, same everything, except I think Drain is twice as good. And I think he's proving it and, and, uh, now as he's also a great point guard on the basketball team. He's a college level point guard, too, which shows you what kind of athlete. talent he is. I think when he's playing full-time football, this is a kid who plays basketball half the year. When he is completely devoted to football and playing one position, because Spanish Fort plays him in five spots, and now quarterback full-time. I think when Drain is a full-time wide receiver and implant playing basketball anymore, he's going to be a heck of a player. And and if he ends up with Ole Miss and their new staff, whoever the hell that ends up being, they're going to be very happy with him. Uh, I think Drain is good enough to beat Alabama. Uh, I agree he's not as good as like Theo Jones Bell. He's not him. He's probably not Baker or Holden, but he's good enough to play for Alabama, and you'll everybody will see that this week.
0: All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode. We will come at you on Wednesday. Roll tide, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening to our recruiting show. <laughs>
0: that was the worst recruiting show ever. We could we could even recruit people to our recruiting show with that episode. So, all right, roll tide. World Tide.